Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Hi, I'm Bills defensive end Greg Russo, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills! Yeah. 2022. We here. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills Mafia, what's going on, guys? This game isn't completely over, but I mean, it's it's, it's pretty much over. So I decided to jump on early. Going to give just a couple of minutes. I feel like this is a Zoom call at work. Just going to give a, a couple of minutes for everyone to really get on. And we can talk Buffalo Bills. Is everybody on? I see. Can you guys see my screen? It doesn't feel like a Zoom call at work. Everyone, can you guys? Just going to give a couple of more minutes to for a few more people to get on. And then we're going to talk about this win, guys. This is, this is going to be a fun one. A lot more fun. Okay, the game is over. All right. <clears throat> hey, Bills Mafia. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. I am your host, Nate. Guys, thank you so much for joining us in this tremendous 38 to 10 victory episode, victory Twitter space for Circling the Wagons for the Buffalo Bills. And it was a 38 to 10 win over the Las Vegas Raiders in Buffalo, the home opener for the Buffalo Bills. Um, they look great. They did everything that they needed to do to beat a team that was inferior to them. They didn't make any big mistakes. Josh, hero ball Josh, sugar high Josh, whatever you want to call him from last week, the guy that made throws that he didn't need to make at all last week while they were up and winning, that guy was not here today. He was not available. He This was dink and dunk Josh, which honestly against teams like this that are, that are inferior, I mean, that's what you want. 31 for 37, 274 yards, three touchdowns, and possibly... The most important stat line in the win, zero interceptions. Zero interceptions, zero fumbles, too, by the way. Great play by Josh Allen. We also had James Cook, 17 carries for 123 yards. This was James Cook's breaking out game. James Cook, Captain Cook, the guy had an amazing game, not only uh, rushing the ball, but he also had four carry or four receptions on four targets for 36 yards. So a great game by Gene Cook, Captain Cook, had a great team. For those of you that aren't familiar with our Twitter space, this is the time for you as followers, as listeners, as Bills fans, Bills Mafia members, for you to get your thoughts in on the Buffalo Bills game. The Buffalo Bills win 38-10 to 10 against the Las Vegas Raiders. Normally, we give our own thoughts every Sunday night slash Monday morning on our own recap podcast. But if you want to get your thoughts in, Get in line. We have plenty to talk about. I mean, I could talk for the next 40 minutes if you need me to. But if you're interested in giving your thoughts, feel free to do so. Um, if you guys want to give in your wall of fame, wall of shame, sweet sassy molassy play of the game, those are all welcome in this episode. So first things first. Um, oh, wait. Jeez, we already got someone in. That was quick. Colby. My guy Colby that has not, has not 
come up since we've done our last Twitter space. Colby, turn that mic on. You know you're a veteran. What's going on, brother? Hey, Nate. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, just watch, finished watching the game, trying to watch some uh, other games too, trying to will some of my fantasy teams to victory this week. So that's How close are you? Are you, are you, are you about to win or what? So I got three leagues. Um, I am, uh, I'm really, cl- I'm like beating the guy by a lot in one, and then the other two are ver- very close. So it, I'm going to have to need some help from guys later on and Monday yeah. to will me to victory. But uh, Josh definitely helped me out today. Him, him, Diggs, and and James Cook. So that's, I, I mean, I got 19 out of James Cook, and Josh gave me 70 in one league. So oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. I mean, I didn't mention Josh Allen. Josh Allen only rushed, rushed three times for seven yards. Gabe Davis had the biggest receiving game yeah. on the day. Six receptions on seven targets, 92 yards, one touchdown. Um, I mean, just what were your thoughts on, on the game, um, Josh, or, or anything else you want to talk about? Well, it was a really good, uh, it was a really good bounce back for Josh. I mean, it, that Jets game really let a lot of people down and kind of thinking that he wasn't the guy and stuff, which, you know, it's Josh Allen, man. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to redeem himself. He's going to learn from his mistakes. He's not like the average QB in the league in the NFL, you know? So it's, uh, to me, it was kind of silly for people's overreactions. Um, Three interceptions, you know, it's not great, but he was trying to make plays. I mean, can you hark on him for not trying to get get the ball down the field at least to his playmakers? I, I mean, I don't know. It just to me, it was kind of it was kind of a bad game from him. But this game was what much better. He had no turnovers, and he just slant uh, he just slang it around. I mean, he just he's Josh Allen. He just did a bunch of crazy stuff, and he tried to hurdle somebody, <laughs> which failed miserably for him. But that just. It, it's just it's Josh Allen, man. I mean, he's the Bills QB. He's going to be the Bills QB forever. Um, I hope, and he's he's what wins games for us. I mean, and he can also be what lose games for us. But in my opinion, I I thought he he played a great game today. I loved what I saw from Gabe Davis. Um, I love what I saw from James uh, James Cook. I mean, James Cook. If people don't realize that he has solidified himself as the lead back, um. I don't know what to tell you. And then the defense played really well with two interceptions and uh, lots and lots of sacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the D-line looked great. When we do our Wall of Fame, Wall of Shame segment, I'm going to have a hard time not picking the D-line um, as a whole. And and just, I mean, it's hard to pick out one specific guy because they all looked like yeah. they were getting in on it, you know? Yeah. At, yeah, at, it was, at, it was at, insane. At Oliver, Daquan Jones, Greg Rousseau, yes. Leonard Floyd. I mean, they, they, they all seem to get a piece of it. Yeah, yeah, they all... all and, Ed Panessa had a good bat down yep. that really uh, kind of saved uh, a drive for the Bills. Yep. Uh, I want to say it was in the second quarter, if I'm correct. Yeah, hold on. I'm got, I got my Epinesa. It was in the, f- yeah, it was either at the early second quarter or end of the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that and then I was just like, okay, all right. All the Bills need to do is just score again. And then I think we scored again. And then it's just, it went our way from there. Um, a lot of people said that the opening, opening drive when, uh, Garoppolo threw it to uh, Devontae Adams was kind of a game, like, you know, a backbreaker and stuff. And everybody was like, oh, the defense is going to suck. But defense ended up having a good game. I mean, Devontae Adams is one of the best wide receivers in the league. I mean, he's going to get open. And when he does, he will he will hurt you. But, like, it 
it really didn't help them at all. It was the only score they had the whole game besides a field goal. And so I, I'll take it. Yep. I'll take yep. it. Like it's you won the game. So yeah, yeah, Colby, thank you so much. I, dude, appreciate you coming on again, man. It's I know it's been geez, when was the last time we did space? Eight or nine months. You're the first uh, guy in. Yeah. Um it, it was yeah. good to have you back on, man. Go Bills. Oh yeah, of course. Go Bills. All right, thanks to Colby for coming on and leading us off there. If you guys want to get your thoughts in on the game, uh, feel free to do so. Go over to the uh, – I forget exactly how you do it from your end, but I think you just add to be – request to be a speaker, right? And then you can get on. But, man, a lot of, a lot of things Colby hit on uh, with the Bills game. Um, one of the things I wanted to touch on was the Bills-Jets loss, and I think that it was definitely a game in which Josh Allen – lost the game for the Buffalo Bills, but in the grand scheme of things, he wins a lot more games for the Buffalo Bills than he loses. And I think that was just blown up so much more by the Aaron Rodgers injury, of course, but but mostly because the last time that we saw the Bills play was against the Bengals, and they looked just as bad. I mean, they were turning the ball over. They couldn't get anything going on offense. And so if you have that, if that was your last impression, what well, recency bias, even though recency was eight months ago or whatever the Bills played against the Bengals. I mean, recency bias, the last time I saw them play, they looked like garbage. And then I waited eight months and they looked like garbage again against a divisional opponent that was also without its starting future Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, that's going to hurt people. So I don't blame them for that. But at the same time, you, it was a little bit overblown because Josh Allen is a good quarterback in the end. He didn't just all of a sudden, that, that's our biggest fear is Bills fans, right? I mean, we're Bills fans. We lived through a 17, 18-year drought. Um, we went through four Super Bowl losses. I mean, we catastrophize things like no other fan base. And I'm I'm just like that. I, I fall a victim to that too. But in the end, our, our biggest fear was Josh Allen was going to be the worst quarterback or he's going to regress to a point where he just wasn't the same guy. And we saw today he doesn't have to play that way, and he made a concerted effort to not play hero ball when he didn't need to, and he ended up having a great stat line. So um, so kudos to Josh, obviously, for bouncing back like we thought he might. Um, I want to get into Private Joker 2003. Private Joker, what's going on, dude? Hey, man, long time no talk. Hey, how you doing? Good. I can, I, I can finally come out of my shell. I don't have to uh, be hanging my head in shame anymore after last week, so... I yeah you, you had the you had the pl- you had the paper bag over your head right yeah I just I was just you know gonna lay low for a little while there in social media just kind of keep a low profile um, after last week but now I can come back out again start singing my Bills mantra Bills fight song and everything <laughs> yep no but, it was good but after um, what you were just saying a second ago was I think really interesting about how some people were acting as if. Because Allen had the one bad game that it was, you know, the signal of some some kind of regression. Um, I don't obviously that wasn't true, and this this game showed it. But I do think that there was there was something to it um, at the time because at the end of last season, for a lot of games, um, even when they were still putting up big numbers, you know, you could just see he wasn't really running the offense. I mean, he was making things happen. Um, but there was th- there were people that were saying things like, "Hey, Josh Allen." Some of the t- some of the things that he does brings pressure on him. Like it's not always the offensive line, but nobody was listening to that because the fact of the matter is he was just making plays. He was getting outside. Yeah. He was he was creating something even if he wasn't doing it the right way. Then against the Jets defense, he kind of couldn't do that anymore. Like you had to play the right way because they just weren't going to give you any of that improvisational stuff. But I feel like like last week basically forced him to be like, okay, you can't do it the wrong way. Like you have to do it the right way. 
And then this week, I think you saw him run the offense that he was supposed to run last week. You saw him actually start to use like the, the two tight end setups the way they were supposed to. They got it to knock short. They got it to Kincaid short. They ran the ball they were the way they were supposed to. So he he kind of had a wake-up call last week where now this week he was like, okay, I'm, gonna, I, I'm going to have to run the offense the way that I should the whole game. And it looks the way it was supposed to look when, that, when the offense is run that way. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. What you brought up about last season um, is sounds it's a really good way of putting it as far as how Josh was running the offense. Like, um, and and Colby, the guy, the gentleman that came on earlier, mentioned this all last season and kind of shrugged it off because we were still winning. But he kept bringing up, man. He's like, you know, this this offense still doesn't look great. And I remember one time, like he was pretty down after a win. I'm like, hey, you know, like this is this is still a win. He's like, yeah, but and you know, I. In the back of my head, I'm like, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that because, and then you saw it come out in the Bengals game even more so. And again, in the Jets game, like you just said, um, and he, this was the first game in a little bit where we saw Josh, you know, take what was given to him and still have a few like really good plays, but take what was given to him and, and march down the field. I mean, at one point he only had like one incompletion through, I don't know if it was three quarters or water. I, I don't know. Yeah, it was it was, it was a great stat. Yeah, he can be he, he can play quarterback like the traditional way and be and be successful that way. And with all the weapons that they have, I mean, honestly, like I'd rather see him do that and just pull out the stuff that he the the, the alien stuff when he has to pull it out, but use like the offense, you know, for the rest. So that was cool. The other thing too, just this game that I thought was awesome. She kind of talked about a little bit already, but just like the run game was the thing that was like really surprising. It was like. No matter which running back they used, they were successful in the run game. Yeah, absolutely. The Bills had 183 rushing Damn. yards between between Cook, Harris, and Murray. And guess how many uh, rushing yards Josh Jacobs had? Was it negative? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was for a while. It, it, it almost actually. I can't tell the smudge on my screen. It is not a smudge on my screen. You were right. It's negative two yards. I thought it was like a little bit of speck on my laptop. Like for the whole I'm game. pushing down on it. That's. That's Beck ain't going away. Minus two yards for what he was the the rushing leader. champion for last year. Yeah, right? but he had uh, the rushing leader and the most yards after rushing. contact. They said during that game. So there you Dude, go. <laughs> that, I, I was looking at last week's game against the Broncos, and I watched part of that. And I was just like, you know, the Broncos have a really good defensive line. Like, that's not Josh Jacobs necessarily. But I wasn't as afraid of Josh Jacobs as I was Brees Hall because the Bills really struggle against speed backs compared to, like, pounders, you know? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, yeah, that was that was negative two yards. So if you look at the Bills running backs versus, you know, Josh Jacobs, I mean, there's a 185-yard difference right there. Hats off not only to the Bills' rush game, like you mentioned. I'm glad you said that because that was a big key to this victory, actually being able to run the ball unlike last week. Um, but then also the Bills' run defense looked tremendous. Yeah. Yeah, they had, um, in the very beginning of the game, too, something that would – I think Ed Flower needs – Ed Oliver needs his flowers in this game. So – I don't know how much he came up on this on the stat sheet, but I know that within the first like two drives, he already had like two tackles for loss. Uh, one of them was for like a four yard loss, um, and he had numerous quarterback pressures. And he was going to school on uh, the Bills' old off the old old right guard Van Roten. Yeah. He was crushing Van Roten. He was going around him, dusting him. He's like, I never got a chance to really face him when he was on the Bills because he was always with the second team. <laughs> offensive line. Yeah, yeah. 
I, do I when I saw I forgot Van Roten went to the Raiders. So when I saw him playing last week against the Broncos, I'm like, really? I'm like, this might be a good matchup for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, the rotational dude for the Bills on an offensive line that wasn't even that good last year, and now he's starting for the Raiders. So that tells you quite a bit about the Raiders' offensive line this year, probably too. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm glad you brought up Ed Oliver specifically. Because, I mean, I love what Daquan Jones does. I think he's one of the key linchpins to that defensive line to help Ed Oliver play as well as he does. But when the Bills re-signed or extended, I should say, Ed Oliver this offseason, I liked it. I didn't love it. I'm not like, I'm like, okay, this is good. Like, it was for a decent price or whatever. But at the same time, you're like, well, I'm, you're hope, you hope that his best football is still yet to come, that he hasn't peaked, right? Um, yeah. and, I, and I think you might be able to say so far, like he's living up to that contract and possibly exceeding it the way he has been playing the last couple of games. Um, so really hoping that this is just a sign of things to come. So I'm glad you brought him up. Well, here, it's like something on that too. I don't want to hog the mic. Um, but some, something, something on that too that I was thinking was, and I don't know like all of the schematic intricacies of what I'm about to say, but I know that... Um, that last year, Leslie Frazier played a very vanilla front seven where it was kind of more like, hey, you're just going to be matched up with the guy in front of you and it's like straight up vertical pressure and win one-on-one matchups. Um, my understanding is that McDermott is doing a lot of like odd pressures where he's like dropping extra people, he's bringing people into the box and then putting a lot of weird fronts. But I feel like, you know, in the scheme that Frazier was running, it seems like that's asking the defensive, task, uh, the defensive tackle to use more power. Mm-hmm. Whereas with what McDermott's doing, that's where you get people in indecision. That's where you're going to win with speed. And my understanding of Ed Oliver is that he's really more of a smaller, you know, speedy defensive tackle. So maybe he's just better in that kind of uh, that kind of a defensive scheme, perhaps, than what Frazier is doing with him. Yeah, I mean, the, the consensus it sounds like with with Frazier between Frazier and McDermott is that Leslie Frazier's defense was more, like you said, vanilla, and more of a just like, hey, this is who we are. You guys better play better than us to win. And, you know, we'll switch up some coverages. We'll switch up some pressures. But for the most part, maybe 89% of the time, this is what you're going to see, and you just better be better than us, right? Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, with with McDermott, yeah, changing up the pressures, changing up the coverages, you know, maybe half zone, half man, like just changing up the safety looks. Like he is he's almost like at least you hope like a mad scientist back there like looking to constantly cause confusion and jimmy garoppolo had time on some of those passes like a lot more time than you would hope because we just gave a huge shout out to the defensive line like there were times where he sat back there and he had time and no one was open yeah find got he couldn't find someone open or there just wasn't anyone open so eventually the pressure got to him but yeah, I mean, hats off to McDermott. So here's a stat for you. We were talking about stats earlier. 450 total yards for the Bills offense, only 240 for the Raiders. That's crazy. So, so almost two, exactly 210 more yards of total offense for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, this is this is the team that you wanted to see. If you guys were down, sure, that, that, that loss didn't come at an opportune time at the beginning of the season. But, I mean, th- this is the Bills team that we were thinking of. This is the Bills team we were excited about. Yeah. Something, something about that coverage, too. Um, two people we didn't even, like, say anything about because, really, you just hardly saw them even isolated in a position where they had to do much. But um, So, Trey White, he, like, so far in the past game, now, last week he got dogged a little bit. He, he wasn't – he had made a couple mistakes in the run game where he gave up some stuff. But he looked – I mean, he was locked down other than the touchdown catch that was really just a really nice catch yesterday by 
that Jets receiver. Um, boy, his name's escaping me. Yeah, Garrett really Wilson. Good. Yep, I got. Yeah, you. that was more just a really good catch. Oh yeah. But that was like the only thing that he really like gave up, other than some other just really good passes where he might have been in the zone, but he didn't do anything wrong. It was more like they just found a gap in the zone. But he, did, I didn't see him give up like anything today. Um, other than that end around, the very beginning of the place, there was another run play where it looked like that was scripted too, where they might have targeted Trey specifically on the end around. Nope. Um, but aside from that, I mean, like coverage-wise, he looks like he's back to the old Trey. And then on the other side, uh, Benford held up pretty well. I mean, he, I think he got a little lucky not to get called with, like <laughs> pass interference on the one. But yep. other than that, I mean, I felt like Benford's, he looks legit. Like it doesn't look like Elam, you know, sucks or... Dane Jackson sucks. It just more or less looks like like Benford is actually really good. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Trey White because yeah, that first ru- the first drive looked pretty rough for Tway- Trey. I'm um, sorry, in coverage and you know defending that end around. And I even tweeted, I'm like, ah, Trey looks rough so far. And then he picked it right up after that first drive. I mean, you rarely saw his name called um, for something negative. And Devontae Adams was mostly shut down. Just to give you an idea, Devontae Adams had uh, six receptions on eight targets for 84 yards on that one so not I mean considering that Jacoby Myers was out and I thought he might have a lot bigger of a game I mean they all held Devontae Adams in check pretty much the entire game especially a game where they were down by a lot so they had to throw the ball constantly yeah besides the first quarter he he had a lot of pass a lot of really the first drive I guess like but the first couple drives I would say and then he was quiet after that yeah, that the yeah, Trey. I'm glad you said that Trey White stepped up. Christian Benford, yes, I think he did get lucky on that. But on the instant replay, I mean, he did turn his head around and he played. So like, I, they never normally pick the flag up against the Bills. I mean, let's be honest, it doesn't happen very often, like if ever. Uh, and it happened that game, and I was like, you know, that might have actually been the right call, even though you know, it, it, I could have seen it called I'll take against it. him. Yeah, I'll take it, <laughs> dude. We we have not gotten enough calls for us to be like i'm not you know what you take that one i'm not going to take it I'm, yeah i refuse that that gift <laughs> we so. got we got two pretty fortunate calls this game because that other one too i mean the game is already over but the uh, the other one uh the legal hands to the face yep the one that uh, that gave uh that kind of took away the josh allen interception that was that would I mean it was that was more just a good defensive play i guess to hit him while he was throwing it so it wasn't like bad josh allen but it was just another play where I feel like we actually were on the good side of officiating. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. And that's actually, yeah, for sure. Because if you think about it, it might be the second week, too. And I can't remember all the bad calls against the Bills, but, like, that yeah, Josh Allen fumble good. that was called back against the Jets. I mean, we're just continuing that trend yeah. of, like, you know, getting a, getting a little bit lucky on that one. But I'll take yeah. it. Dude, Private Joker, thank you so much for coming in, man. Like, this is this has been a blast. I hope you're part of, uh, of a lot more to come, man. Thanks for oh, coming yeah. on. Go Bills. Go Bills. Oh, yeah, and thank you for your service, of course. Jeez, how could I forget that? Private jokers. <laughs> He's like, stop, stop. I hate it. Don't keep... <laughs> Sorry, I just cut him off right there. My bad. Private Joker. Private Joker, a proud member of our military. Thank you so much for your service. And all the service members out there listening to this podcast, whether you're home or abroad, or if you're active or unact- inactive. Um, I don't know if there's even an inactive. I might have botched that one completely. But my dad was a Marine. He served in Vietnam. So have a really soft spot for uh, in my heart for everyone that serves or is served or even, you know, yeah. Thank you guys so much. So um, a lot of great stuff brought up by Colby, brought up by Private Joker. If you guys want to get in, um, now's the time. Got a few more minutes before I wrap this up. Um, I forgot to mention this, unfortunately. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot this. This episode of Circling Wagons is brought to you by the Twin Spires Sportsbook at the Delago Resort and Casino. If you are in the western New York or central New York area and you got some time on your hands, maybe you're just driving down the thruway in Route 90. 
get off at exit 41 as soon as you get off there's the Delago Resort and Casino, and it is a fun time. We've been there several times. We're going to set up a hopefully a meet and greet in October for any listeners or anyone in the area that wants to come out and have a drink with us. Um, October is going to be a good time for us uh, soon, so hoping to make that work. Um, if you guys want to get in, you just have to request the mic. Um, if you don't, that's cool. I'm going to talk for a few more minutes, if that's all right. Um, I'm, I'm not going to give away all my Wall of Fames, Wall of Shames, and Sweet Sassy Molasses. Uh, I'm going to Maybe save that for the actual pod later this evening. But, um, dude, we mentioned the Bills running backs. I mean, Damian Harris looked good. Latavius Murray, both Harris and Murray had a touchdown in this game, pounding it through the middle. Um, this I, w- I was talking about in the offseason. This might be the most legit three-headed running back combo that we've had since Spiller, Lynch, and Fred Jackson, right? Like, you have you have James Cook who, although I like how he runs inside when he has a clean hole, um, I love how he bounces outside. I mean, a guy that can gain speed like that, that quickly, I mean, he's always a nightmare for the defensive uh, the defensive secondary because he keeps getting back there, man. Eight, nine-yard rushes. I mean, Singletary, and, and don't get me wrong, I like Singletary, but I think we can all be happy because Singletary had great contact balance, which means people would hit him and he wouldn't go down right away. I like the guy who's so fast that people don't even get a chance to hit him. That's how good he is. And Captain Cook showing up today, like I mentioned, 17 carries, 123 yards, a long run of 36 yards. He had four catches on four targets for 36 yards. If you were listening to the preview podcast that we did this last Thursday on our feed there, uh, you can you've, we said the over for... James Cook was 12 and a half yards at the time of receiving yards. We're like, this is this is crazy. You got to bet that one. And he had over 12 and a half yards in his first reception. So um, that was a good one. Obviously, if you bet the Bills line at minus eight and a half, that was a win for you guys um, out there. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I didn't talk about his stat line. 16 for 24, 185 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, um, one great interception by Matt Milano, by the way. Uh, Matt Milano, uh, continuing another great season from last season. Um, he looked good. I, I thought, you know, Terrell Bernard looked good also. It didn't look obviously as good, but he looked good. He's holding up that middle linebacker spot better than maybe we thought he would have, or maybe than I thought he would have. Uh, looking good there. Josh Allen, like I said, only had three rushes for seven yards. I like it better. He only had that one. We were talking about boneheaded plays against the Jets. He only had really one boneheaded play, and that was to try to hurdle a guy. I think Colby mentioned it earlier, tried to hurdle a guy, and he basically got body slammed. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. It was his ex-teammate at Wyoming that hit him, but that guy could have drove him right into the ground. I'm pretty sure, and he didn't, and uh, Josh Allen gave him a little dap on the back of the head. Thanks, man. Thanks for not injuring me. I appreciate it. He did take another hit. It was another hit that got called back um, because it was a flag for uh, illegal contact to Josh Allen or something, roughing the passer. It wasn't roughing the passer because he wasn't a passer, but something because the guy hit him shoulder, uh, his shoulder, number 25 on the Raiders to Josh Allen's helmet, but then it got called back for a holding call, by the. so it was penalties offset. Josh took an unnecessary hit there, um, but, you know, he got the first down, just kept trying to get more yards. I mean, you can't take it all out of him completely, but I wish he hadn't done that. I mean, let's be honest. So um, also down the stats area, Stephon Diggs, like I mentioned, seven receptions on seven targets for 66 yards. What a great game. What a great day by Stephon Diggs. Again, didn't break one, didn't get a touchdown, but just a really solid game 
from your number one wide receiver. Gabe Davis, six receptions on seven targets for 92 yards, one touchdown. Um, that was one great play. It's not going to make the sweet, sassy, molassy play of the game, but what a great pass and catch. Uh, I believe it was the third quarter. Yep, third quarter. No, no, it wasn't the third quarter. It was the fourth quarter. It was a 40-yard catch by Davis. Josh Allen leaving the pocket, just flipped it over. Lots of yards after catch on that pass. Um, something that the Bills struggled in a lot last season, um, yards after catch. Great pass, great catch by Josh Allen to Gabe Davis. Dalton Kincaid, the next leading receiver. Five receptions on six targets for 43 yards. James Cook, I mentioned earlier. Khalil Shakir, one target, one reception, 11 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, great catch by Khalil Shakir. By the in only what is it? Two, three targets for Hardy. Two receptions for four yards. Not a whole lot there. Sherfield, Trent Sherfield, not a big deal, but not really a part of this offense for two games. I thought that might be a little bit different, but we're not seeing a whole lot from Trent Sherfield so far. Um, Dawson Knox, three receptions on five targets for ten yards, one touchdown. He had that one touchdown. He had that one play in the end zone where. Um, he was double covered and Josh threw it to him and he kind of, you know, it was, it was good coverage. I didn't expect him to come down with it. Somebody on Twitter though mentioned that I, and I said that Stefan Diggs was wide open and he said, yeah, I think the ball might've been intended for Stefan Diggs, but Dawson Knox just jumped up too high in the air and knocked it down. So very possible. Um, Diggs was wide open in the end zone. Um, but I mean, we're, we're being nitpicky at that, at this point, right? Passing yardage. The Bills to the Raiders, 267 yards to the Raiders, 185 yards, 183 rush yards to the Raiders, 55 rush yards. And like I said, over 200, well, exactly 210 total yards of offense more than the Las Vegas Raiders. Guys, the Bills dominated today. As the score showed, 38 to 10. Um, it was good to see this Bills offense. If there's nobody else that wants to get in and talk, Stu, I've seen you listening, man. Long time listener to the podcast. You have your own podcast. If you want to jump in, man. Oh, Rob. Oh, you missed it. You missed it, Stu. Rob got in first. He knew I was going to end it. He wanted to get in. Rob, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Doing man? all right, man. I just want to say, you know, uh, what's up to everybody. Um, today was a, a a really good day for the Bills. Um, I think that. So I, I tried to um, explain this to a few guys that, I, that I'm in a group chat with because everybody's, you know. Oh, Josh Allen is doing Josh Allen things. Um, so last week, Robert Sala, like people fail to realize Robert Sala plays very good games against quarterbacks that um, have that rushing ability uh, in the Super Bowl against the uh, Chiefs. When he was a 49ers D.C., he had Mahomes doing a lot of uncharacteristic things, getting off spots, things like that. And you play a guy like Josh Allen, um, who does those kinds of things as far as like rushing, being able to rush and then anticipate because a lot of that rushing ability comes from anticipation of the pass rush and being able to get off of your spot quick enough to be able to go ahead and move away from the pass rush. Um, Robert Sala just has a lot of guys numbers like that. But um, I mean, great, great game from everybody today. Uh, Gabe Davis being that number two wide receiver, I think he heard, he must have heard Sean McDermott's um, comments about it. Not only that, but the quickest jump, I mean, the biggest jump, the hardest jump is from week one to week two. Deion Dawkins looked very lazy last week. Um, I thought he was very lazy, very much just uh, just wasn't quite where he needs to be for what we pay him for and what he was supposed to be. But this week he looked really good. Um, Terrell Bernard looked really good. Uh, I honestly do think that he's a he, instinctually, he plays the run better than what we had in Tremaine Edmonds, although 
Um, I, I'm not quite saying that he's better than Tremaine Emmons. I just think that that helps, right? Because you've got, um, you know, you've got Matt Milano. I mean, Matt Milano is a freak. He's doing his thing. Um, I mean, you know, shouts out to, to the Buffalo Bills, their defensive coordinator. Uh, I'm excuse our, our defensive coordinator for just finding a guy like that and then getting him to where he needs to be. Because, I mean, without that guy, like, there are a lot of plays that will – I mean, it, it just it, he's amazing. Um, and then not to mention, but uh, I do like the fact that later in the game, we started rotating those DBs out, um, just getting, you know, guys up to speed. Because at this point, you've got guys getting older. Tredavis White, we don't I mean, later in the season, he might bounce back, but he's coming off that um, he came off that ACL injury, hadn't really quite gotten where he was going to be. Then we say, oh, well, maybe he's um Maybe he's gonna bounce back, you know, with a with an off with a real off season, and then you kind of like find these moments where he's uh, where it's not as consistent as it used to be. Which I mean, I totally get that, but like you, you know, you you know what you're wanting to build. We might not like it as fans, but what I'm anticipating is is as the season goes on, Josh Allen continues to slow down, play the game how NFL Josh Allen needs to play, not college Josh Allen, because jo- college Josh Allen had to do everything for sure. And then even, you know, coming into the NFL the last couple of seasons, having to change offensive coordinators, whatever, college Josh Allen, which is the sh- I call sugar high Josh Allen, college Josh Allen, because that's just, it is, I mean, he's the best of the best. He's the prototype. There are reasons why teams want a guy, a guy like that is he will, he will win games. You'll put him on, like more often than not, if you got a guy, if you need a guy to win a game for you, that's the guy that, that's the type of guy that you want to win games. I get it. Everybody says, oh, Mahomes is this Mahomes is that but like Josh Allen is a prototype 64 65 and throw a rocket you know I mean he, he's just amazing can throw the ball like so yeah just great game today sorry I didn't mean to you know just take up all the time and stuff but we had a great game today I just hope to see more consistency from not only Josh Allen but also our um, offensive coordinator and the play calling the play calling today was phenomenal 1000% and that's all I gotta say go Bills Thank you, Rob. Appreciate you coming on, man. Go Bills. A uh, lot of lot of things, Rob. Uh, Rob hit on, and I want to address a couple of those uh, right away before I end this. Um, just the the play calling. I'm glad you brought up because we haven't really talked about a whole lot at th- to this point. And I thought Ken Dorsey's play calling last week was okay, but it's overshadowed by how many mistakes Josh Allen made. And this week, I think it was just much more conservative play calling, but at the same time, it was the right i mean he was he was running the ball when he should have i mean how many times did we rag on dable for not being able to run the ball or passing the ball too much or vice versa trying to run the ball when he shouldn't have um i thought it was an excellent excellent uh game called by ken dorsey so i'm glad rob brought that up a, a guy like dorsey definitely gets the brunt of a lot of criticism and not necessarily deservedly so and the thing about josh allen all those things that rob said that prototype size, the traits, the mind. I mean, Josh Allen is a very, very smart quarterback. I know he didn't mention that specifically, but I think that's something we all take for granted because he had the best score of all the quarterbacks in the Wonderlick test the year. I want to say it's like, I think he had a 35 or 36 out of 50, which is, which is really good. Um, most quarterbacks are, he's good quarterbacks are in the twenties, right? So he's very, he's highly intelligent. Um, the guy plays like crazy. Um, and he, he played a game where he didn't give up all of his creativity. He didn't give up all his physicality. He didn't give up all of the things that make 
Josh, Josh, because there was a few plays where he rolled out and at the last second he threw it to, you know, Stefan Diggs and made a reception or whatever. Like, that's Josh. Like, keep those plays. Keep doing those plays. But let's give up some of the, I call them boneheaded Josh, or like like Rob says, sugar high Josh, college Josh. Those plays where it's just unnecessarily risky, right? If you have like a 10% chance of making the play, but you take it all the time, then that's not a very smart play, right? Like your odds of being able to, to complete that play and get a first down. It's just, and plus you, you put yourself up for injury. Um, you can't win us a Super Bowl if you're on the sidelines because you tore something or you have a concussion or something. You're just not useful to us. So I'm glad he brought all, up all those things. And I, and I love that Rob brought up the Gabe Davis uh, thing about him really hearing what Sean McDermott said at the press conference because Sean specifically said, about the wide receiver too. We need a lot more there. And he didn't, it was specific to a question that a reporter asked. So he didn't come out and just, you know, pounce on Gabe Davis. Like he brought that up because, you know, one of the media members asked that question and he did not let Gabe Davis off the hook um, because that one interception last week, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, wasn't a big deal compared to all the other interceptions, but he ran a lazy route. And what happened is Whitehead um, undercut the route and he, and he got that interception, an interception that, you know, really, I say in the grand scheme of things, it didn't matter because there's four of them, but they were one touchdown away from winning. So that or a field goal away from winning. So that's all that mattered. So um, guys, thank you so much for uh, tuning in to this. Um, we're going to try to do more and more for the one o'clock and four o'clock games. I, I don't see any reasons why we can't do it for the one and four o'clock games. Maybe it'll be tough for the London game because I'm going camping that weekend, but going to try to do one anyway. Going to try to find some reception up in the Allegheny Mountains somewhere, even though there's probably no reception whatsoever. So um Appreciate you guys coming in, giving your thoughts. As always, Bills Mafia does not disappoint. And if it sounds like I'm pandering to Bills Mafia, it is because, well, it's because I am. So thank you guys all for listening. This episode is brought to you by the Twin Spire Sportsbook at the Delago Resort and Casino. If you haven't checked out the Delago Resort and Casino, if you're within driving distance, please do. It is it is a fun time, man. We're so lucky to have a place like that so close to home in between Rochester and Syracuse and Exit 41 in Waterloo, New York. Check them out, the Twinspire Sportsbook at DeLago. So if you guys are interested, if you want to hear the entire conversation, maybe you missed some of it, maybe you only caught it halfway through, check out our podcast. I'm going to drop this podcast in about geez, 10 minutes now on our own podcast feed. If you follow us, um, we're at Circling the Wagons on everywhere you listen to podcasts. We also do some work with Waffle Rumblings, but we have our own podcast feed as well. Um, you can check everything there. Just check out Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Just search Circling the Wagons and you'll find us there. So for me, Nate, Go Bills. Thank you guys all for listening. The Bills are one and one, 38 to 10 victory. Let's go. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Shaq Lawson, who's stopping us? Trey Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, who blocking us? I don't see nobody stopping us. Number one, no one on top of us. What they gonna do in Matt Milano? Coming with the blitz off the edge Don't you throw it in the air Cause Trey White and Micah High will intercept Von Miller getting double team Now the team getting easy sacks Russo with the double moves Coming straight for the quarterback Take him down, take him down McDermott clapping on the sidelines And the crowd going crazy Mafia, it's our time Josh Allen, it's your time It's the Mafia, yeah Sunday, one Bills drive Mafia, where you at? 
Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. 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 It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Shaq Lawson, who's stopping us? Trey Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, who blocking us? I don't see nobody stopping us. Number one, no one on top of us. Mitch Moore snapped to Josh Allen, look. Down the field, see no one open, so he scrambled right. He sees somebody open, but he off balance, so he gotta be focused. Dawkins with the block, Allen with the shock, 70 yards. Will it be called Gabe Davis or Jay Crowder? Down the field, past the whole roster. That step digs make it so easy. Touchdown, high mark field rocking every Sunday. Got a hangover on every Monday. Get your bass kick, you know we winning. Josh Allen passing, who gon' pass us? With Devin and Cook, you know we great. If you're not a Bills fan, we don't relate. Nah. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Don Brown, who's stopping us? Trey Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, who's blocking us? No one. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>